You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in and participate, you can do so at 608 608- Five zero one zero seven one eight. New callers go directly to the front of the line, and we do actually have some new callers today, or a new caller. New caller, what's going on? Hey Ryan, this is Stuart from Ohio. Um, I'm listening to your podcast today about, and you're talking about Tucker Craft from South Dakota State. Um, I think that the slander of the two FCS teams, two best FCS teams, needs to end. Uh, North Dakota State and South Dakota State have uh, been consistently better than some FBS teams. In fact, in fact, North Dakota State can't even uh, get an FBS opponent for early season games anymore because nobody wants to play them. Uh, you should check out some of their games that they played against Iowa and other uh, Big Ten, Big Twelve teams that they have beaten on the road. Stewart's got another one here. Hey, Ryan Stewart again from Ohio. Sorry, I didn't mean to hang up so fast. I wanted to say I love the show. been listening for about three years now, and I'm a regular, everyday listener. So really enjoy what you're doing. Uh, just think you should watch some more FCS football because it's pretty darn good. Have a good day. Bye. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to do that because I don't even watch FBS college football, to be honest. I find it uh, boring, and I don't know why. I wish I liked it. I just don't. Um yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I guess that's fair. I'm trying to think back to what I even said about Tucker Craft. I know there's a broader point here because I've mentioned that a couple times, but I mean, there, there is still a point to be made. I mean, if, okay, so they're a low-end FBS team. Okay, well, you know, it, it still applies because college is very different than the NFL, as you would know, in terms of the disparity in talent. Right, I mean, there, there are. I mean, FBS is even a broad term. Just because you're FBS doesn't mean that I can, you know, you you tore up this FBS team. You must be pretty good. Not necessarily. There's some pretty garbage FBS teams out there. By garbage, I just mean like if Alabama played them, or Clemson, or Ohio State, Georgia. Clemson even good anymore? I don't even know. I'm glad it changes. For a while there, it seemed like it was never going to change. And I'm like, this is making it even more boring. A little bit of turnover going on. But I, I guess just from a, forget the FCS part of it, um, it's hard to evaluate a person because you're never actually evaluating, you're, you're very rarely evaluating a person. You're evaluating a person in comparison to what they did to that other person. That's what makes evaluation for me so hard. And it's why I like to isolate what a player does aside from the players. And I, I feel like, I don't know, but I feel like most people will watch players and said, oh, dang, that was a good play, without really looking into what they actually did that was so amazing. You know, oh, they beat that guy. Well, is that guy fast or something? Or is he, what is that, what do you know about that guy? Nothing, but look how he just burned that guy and got open for a touchdown. Well, what if that guy's slow? Is he going to be able to do that in the, I mean, there are guys running four sixes that are going to run past some people in college. Not going to do that in the NFL, though. So that's why, you know, when I look at, for example, Jaden Reed, and you can see that shift, you don't, you don't need a person across from you to even evaluate that level of talent. This is also why it's probably uh, overly slanderous when, when people talk about OTAs or whatever, because it's like, well, you know, you're, you're running on grass and shorts with nobody even trying across. Look, I, if you need somebody across from you to find out how good you are, that's kind of weird because it depends how good the person is across from you, right? And so my issue in particular with tight ends is they always look slow. Even pretty quick tight ends look slow. They're just big. Their legs don't move as fast. You know, they, they got the long striding strides, you know, and he, yeah, he, he knocks over a guy, but it's like, well, I, who is that guy? I don't know. FCS guy. Okay, well, it's a top FCS school, so what does that make them? Would they be like 25th in the FBS rankings, or would they be like 125th? Because, you know, I mean, Temple is an FBS school, but I wouldn't watch him bowl over somebody from Temple and be like, oh, dang, that boy is straight up FBS, son. <laughs> so it's just, it's just, I guess I'm just explaining my inability to evaluate 
certain guys, and, and I think tight ends are the hardest because they don't do any of that flashy stuff that you don't need somebody across from them, right? The, the ability to get those 50-50 balls. But, but all of those things require somebody across from them that's really good. Otherwise, it's a useless bit of information. Very rarely are these guys separating with route running. Very rarely are they separating with speed. And even if they have some speed, they don't look like they have speed. So there's, there's very little to look at aside from just production. And production is, in my opinion, I mean, I don't want to say it's a useless thing. I don't generally care as much about production because there's so many variables that have nothing to do with the player as far as production. The quarterback, the other wide receivers, the scheme, the opponents. You got wide receivers playing in run-heavy offenses with terrible statistics. That has nothing to do with their abilities. What does how many yards they got have to do with their route running? I mean, there's some general correlation there, but not nearly as much as everybody makes it out to be. So everybody just stat hopping. Dude, look at the yards, look at the touchdowns. I, okay. So production doesn't do it for me for tight ends. The on-field look of them always looks bad. Never seen a tight end that's just like, dang, look at that guy. Aside from the guys that just look like wide receivers, probably because they're like 230-pound tight ends who are like oversized wide receivers. And that's why I end up liking him, despite the fact that that has nothing to do with their abilities as tight ends. The only thing, I mean, I guess you get to blocking. Well, do they block well? Well, yeah, but these aren't NFL caliber players. The only benefit of, you know, I mean, again, forget FCS and FBS, the, the benefit of, you know, playing against Michigan or who else? I mean, again, Clemson, thinking about guys with like big, strong defensive lines, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. The benefit of that is you know that these are at least semi-NFL caliber, if not NFL caliber. Some of them are high caliber NFL players, right? They come into the league and they're, they're dominant. It's just so hard to look at what you did and go, wow, that means something. Which is why generally what I want to see is just pure domination. And if I don't see pure domination, then it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what I'm supposed to see here with this tight end that's amazing. And every time you see something cool, it's always the question of, would that have happened in the NFL? Or it's a big play that had almost nothing to do with him and everything to do with just running somewhere that any tight end in the world could do. Jay Sternberger could have done that. He ran to an open part of the field, caught a pass, turned and ran, and then he got tackled by the first person that was there. Yes, it was a 40-yard gain, but why do I care? If it's a play that I could have made, I'm not impressed by it. But fair enough on the FCS-FBS thing. I don't know exactly where they overlap. And and, and again, maybe, maybe they would be like, top 30 or something in the FBS. I have no idea. Feel free to call in and enlighten me on that, I guess. Got a question. Okay. Obviously, that's why I'm calling. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, is it fair that the Packers have an additional home game every single year compared to everyone when they go to their second home in Chicago? <laughs> I was wondering where that was. I feel like it should be, you know, someone should look into that and realize that they should might as well make that uh, Packers and Bears game always happen at Lambeau because there's no difference when they go to what, Closer Field? No difference at all. All right, bye. Maybe what they could do is just force the Packers to have a uh, international game every year. And it can be a quote-unquote home game to kind of balance it out, you know? Since we have one away game that's a home game, we have one home game that's an away game, and then it all just kind of balances out. Plus, let's be honest, it's kind of cool that way. But point taken, Tom. Hey, Ryan. Hey. What's up, bud? What's going on? It's Joe the Janitor. Hey, Joe the Janitor. Connecticut. Connecticut. So how's everything going, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Um, Everything's going good over here. Good. Um, Despite... The major disrespect that Jordan Love is getting, yes. along with the rest of the Packers organization, uh, I feel we will prevail. It's really actually sickening to see some of some of the Twitter and stuff against Jordan Love, man. I feel bad for that guy. I hope he tears because um, it's just utterly disrespectful. Um, you know, I don't remember when... Uh, when Rodgers got hurt, and um, I don't remember that time Rodgers got hurt in the Eagles game, and, and, and Love came in and did pretty damn good. Anyway, I was just listening to a podcast. Um, Joe Rogan was uh, he was talking to Vince McMahon, uh-huh. and it got me thinking that wrestling was really the only other sport that was ever cool. 
Who was your favorite wrestler growing up? Um, mine happened to me, Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, yeah. DDP um, was dope. Although, I, now I, I look at Vince McMahon a little different. That guy was crazy, man. He was talking about uh, back in the 80s that a normal Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday night for him was uh, him and 10 of his buddies in a hotel with 300 women. Um, you know, pretty much buying the hotel and uh, surrounded by 300 women and other things, among, among other things. But yeah, who's your favorite wrestler growing up? Because I'm pretty sure if you're you're around my age, I mean, I'm a couple years older than you, but um, yeah, Simon Dallas Page was big, you know, later on in life. Obviously Hulk Hogan when I was real, real little. But um, I don't know. That's it for, for now. And uh the haters. Dang it, I missed That's it. That's all I gotta say. Show them. Try to just turn the volume down because I can see the little stars coming. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I did. We did have the wrestler question recently. Um, DDP, I forgot about. I, that, that's the thing I always forget, and I kind of forget who I liked when I was a kid. I know I liked Jake the Snake, as I said, for whatever reason. But there were so many cool guys. Um, some of them I don't even remember their names. I just remember like who's the cop? That police dude was dope. Um, Savage. Sergeant Slaughter? Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, Slaughter, not Savage. Um, I don't know, man. There was a lot of cool guys back in the day. Hulk, obviously, was dope. Um, uh, Randy Savage. The whole crew was awesome back then. But yeah, later on, like, you know, when I was reacquainted to wrestling, um, that was in the, the Rock, Stone Cold era. Um, DDP was definitely one of my favorites, for sure. But I was... Not a fan of The Rock. I feel like you, you kind of got split into two camps. It was Stone Cold and The Rock. Um, I don't know. Maybe some people like both or neither. I don't know. But I was 100% Stone Cold. Didn't like The Rock. But yeah, that was um, that was like middle school days, I think, for me. Kind of dug it. Uh, as far as Jordan Love, yeah, I mean, we, we've covered it a bunch. But again, I would just I would love to know of a quarterback that's been drafted in the first round that's been through as much crap. I don't... I I I mean I'm I'm just genuinely curious what the thought process is. Is it is it just the Aaron Rodgers thing because people thought it was a bad pick because of Aaron Rodgers and when bad pick gets stuck in your head you think bad player even though the reason for the bad pick wasn't really because he's a bad player but we don't know how to think that hard. Is it just conflating that? Is it just uh what he did in college? Do people even remember? I mean obviously the Packer fans and people that are immersed in it uh, have come to know it, but did people just hate him that much coming out that he was like the only first round pick that nobody liked? And so no, no matter who would have picked him, he would have been a, a despised quarterback. Is that a thing? Was it the Chiefs game? Is that what everybody's stuck on? But again, that doesn't really make sense because the Eagles game didn't move anybody. I'm just, I'm just curious why everybody's so sure. And it's not even. There's actually nothing wrong with being relatively sure that he's probably not going to pan out because that's the most likely thing. But I'm talking to a group of people who can look at any and all draft picks and be like, this guy's going to be so good. Maybe this year's crop, but I mean, Anthony Richardson's getting a ton of hype right now. When did Will Levis get drafted? Is Levis getting hate? I haven't heard much about Levis. Is he a auto bust? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. They probably should be, but I'm just saying I, that generally doesn't happen. And I'm already seeing, despite the fact that Anthony Richardson and Will Levis were both seen as terrible quarterbacks, once they get drafted and once they start showing off, I've seen a couple of clips from back in the day, I think when he was with Tennessee or whatever, but he was throwing the ball around, people were like, oh, dude, he's going to be so... So, I mean, it's already starting. So, I mean, everybody's going to be great, right? Maybe it's just because I'm a Packer fan and I'm more immersed in it. And if I went to, like, Titans Twitter, people would be, like, melting down the same way because you get the whiny fans for every fan base. But even as I think about it, it's like, well, we had it with Rashawn. We had it with Love. We've got it right now with Lucas Van Ness, right? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a, eh, I don't know about that. It's just constant. It's just kind of, a, I don't know. It's just kind of exhausting, you know? Again, there's nothing wrong with just being like, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan. We'll see how it goes. But that's not the reasonable takes that we're getting. It's just this seething anger. Hey, Ryan, one no, more thing. No more things. Uh, caller called in about a theme song. Mentioned NF, let him pray. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't feel you gave it much justice when you just said the words out loud. Um, you could never tell the passion in that song. Uh, you have to play it because I believe that is a, a good song. See him praying on my downfall. Oh, let him fine. pray, bro. Because 
Honestly, everyone's praying on our downfall. Actually, they're not even praying on our downfall. We already fell down, according to everybody. So, uh, yeah, listen to the song, actually. Play it through a little bit. It's a good song. Um, that's pretty much it from Joe the Janitor for now. You know, well, have a good one. Shalom. Good song isn't really the point, though, is it? It's, it's, we're basing it on what the lyrics are. You know what I mean? So, like, if the lyrics don't fit, but it's got a good beat, that doesn't really matter. It's not, a, it's not, it, it doesn't apply. It's funny, I keep thinking about songs that don't apply, just any random song, and I'm like, oh, that, that might apply. What was that, uh, Balls to the Wall? It's funny because I was trying to think for a long time of a song that would apply, and it took me for I couldn't think of anything. And then I was like, just think of a random song that doesn't apply. First one that comes to mind is a song, I don't know how this song popped into my head, but um, actually kind of fits. But, uh, you know, I mean, Slipknot might have some bangers, but doesn't really apply. But all right, let's play it. You wanted me to play it, we'll play it, and we'll see if it uh, does something to me here. Skipping, skipping, skipping. I've seen what it can do when I got both of my arms full But still continue to pile more on my back though I learned at a young age If you want to do something impactful Then you gotta be willing to sacrifice And really go after it With everything that you have Cause if you don't, it ain't never gonna happen Listen Gotta prevail, gotta excel Think I hit my peak, no I just started climbing the hill Kill or be killed Well, if that's the way that you fail I hope you know you about to get the raw end of the deal I need to meditate I ain't got no room to grow I would never say Conversations with the Lord should be every day. Reconnecting with my core, get my head on straight. Praying on my downfall, let her pray. Resume, check the resume. Set the pace, I don't hesitate. Yeah, just get it done, let me demonstrate. Yeah, sounds like the same words I read. Um, <laughs> again, the only issue I have is he says, check the resume. It sounds to me like a song that would apply more to like Aaron Rodgers and people that are counting them out. Just saying. Praying on my downfall. Let him pray. I'm just saying. But yeah, I mean, whatever. You and it's a, it's a fake thing we're doing here, so it really doesn't matter what song you pick. Hey Ryan. Hi. Peter Thomas calling hey, Peter. again with an update from Green Bay. So after the funeral, I drove to Title Town and checked out the Hinterland Brewery, which is right across the street from Lambo. It's pretty awesome. Of course, I had some cheese curds as the main dish and a delicious Kolsch beer. After that. I checked out some of the new outdoor installations around that area, including a, an all-access football field, and even uh, this really cool 40-yard um, 40 40 yard dash uh, thing that you can uh, time yourself. Oh, you know, yikes. You are. It's pretty sweet. No chance. I was nowhere close to even four or five seconds. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, then I went it. to the Packers Pro Shop, and the first thing I saw when I walked in was a Lucas Van Ness jersey. Nice. But all the other rookies... Uh, did not have their jerseys available because uh, many of them have not signed their contracts yet. Uh. So I tried on an authentic uh, Jordan Love jersey, and it fit like a glove, but it was like 350 bucks, and Oof. I can't afford that. So I ended up... You just get it from China. Getting myself a number 11 Jaden Reed jersey. Nice. It might be a ballsy move, but I'm super excited to see him in the slot this year. And after your comparison to Tyler Lockett... I just pulled the trigger, man. There it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lazard and Tunyon, Lowry, and even Bakhtiari jerseys are on clearance, so get them while they're hot. There you go. But uh, Rogers jerseys are still selling for state value, probably for historical context. Right. Anyways, here's my Green Bay update. It's cool to see Lambeau Field during the offseason. And uh, go back up. Did you say Bakhtiari jerseys? We got Bakhtiari on clearance? That makes me a little nervous. But that's cool, man. I appreciate it. I, I haven't actually done... I haven't been to that uh, Hinterlands. I haven't been to really anything there. We, we went to uh, the family night. We did check out the... I don't know if we, we even went to the Sledding Hill, really. We were in that area. I think that was done, but a lot of that was still being built up. I don't know what parts or what. I don't even know. Not the Hinterland thing, but like the apartments and stuff were still under construction and whatnot. 
But uh, we got there and there was like stuff to do outside for the kids, but there were so many people and I was like, I don't know, dude. And we just went in the stadium, which was probably a bad decision because we sat there for a long time. But yeah, it'd be cool to go up there. I mean, like, you know, like around now, OTA time or whatever would be kind of cool time to, it's a little bit more laid back, check some stuff out. I will never time my 40 time. I have a theory, actually it was my grandma's theory and I'm riding with it, that after I broke my leg, I was like five years old, it kind of messed with my ability to run fast. At this point, it has to do with my weight. But even when I was smaller, wiry little guy, I, I was like the slowest kid on the cl- Like the fat kids were faster than me. It didn't used to be that way. Like before I broke my leg, obviously, I mean, you're a little kid, whatever, but it just, I will add to that theory that I'm pretty confident and I could just measure my legs at any point that one of my legs is longer than the other. Like noticeably so. Probably contributes to my knee problems and Everything else. But that's the re I mean, and what I'm saying is, if it wasn't for that, I'd probably run like a 4 five forty or something crazy. You know what I mean? But, you know, freaking uh, broke my leg, so ruined my football career. Appreciate the update, Peter. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Uh, I think it's Trucker Bob asking how much love is going to play in the preseason, how much you think. Um, I think he definitely plays in every preseason game. How much? That's a, that's a different question. But um, I have a great idea for motivation in the preseason. What you tell your offense is, you are playing in this game until you get a touchdown drive. Once yeah. they get a touchdown drive, guess what? You get to sit the rest of the game. See you next week. I bet, I bet they come out, touchdown drive, start the game every time. Because if you can't do that in preseason, you're not going to do it in the regular season. <laughs> um, and then defense, kind of same thing. You know, hey, starters, you're all going out there. You need to give me a three and out. So you give me a three and out, you're staying on the field. So... Just a little motivation to get the best out of everybody, you know? Uh, but anyway, I know the, the point's probably more to get the reps than something like that. But I'm not. Go back, go. It will be interesting to see. I know there's traditionally, what is it, the third game or something that they all they all play, and then the fourth they sit out or something. I can't remember. Although there is no fourth anymore. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much Jordan Love plays. Because again, it's not just Jordan Love. Because you're not going to put Jordan Love out there behind a garbage offensive line and no weapons and then let him go out there and get beat up by the other team's second string whatever. So are you putting all the starters out there? You're going to have to. So how much are you going to make all the starters play? And then the question is how long before we get a clip of David Bakhtiari giving his thoughts about it? (laughs) But I don't know, man. I guess we'll find out. I'm back, Daddy. Hi. Wayne from Illinois. I'm calling in in the morning. The sun's about to come up. I'm on my morning walks. So if I'm huffing and puffing, since I'm a fat old man, trying it. to do some exercise so I don't die. I get that. Real brief update of my wife. She had chemo. She had surgery. She had radiation. Yeah, that was a bear. 20 treatments in four weeks. Yeah, that's rough. She... Um, has been told that she's cancer-free from the, on- the oncologist and the uh, uh, radiation doctor, but she's still got some more chemo treatment that goes all the way to December, so that part's a bear, oh. but she's making progress. Uh, I called in on Rogers. You know, I've heard uh, people saying, hey, they hope that the Jets go 0 and 17, and we get the first pick. That's just not realistic. At 11 games, if they're 0 and 11, the Jets are going to bench him no matter how much he pouts because he's like a hundred billion dollars next year, so he's not coming back. So at uh, 4 and 7 at 11 games, you know it's going to be iffy. Five and six, six and five, that's where the sweet spot would be. And then they lose all the rest of their game. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at deer, I'm looking at rabbits, I'm looking at squirrels. It's a great morning. Take care. Nice. Wayne out. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, well, I guess happy to hear things are going well, but also sorry that things are not going well, if you understand what I mean. Um, the weather has been absolutely fantastic. I was uh, outside earlier, and I had to come inside to do the podcast, and I just did not want to. I wanted to just sit out there. Still want to. I'm hoping to get back. I got to get the grill going and stuff. Trying to trying to do, like, podcast, go outside, back in, other podcasts, go outside. I don't know, man. It's, it's uh, trying to work that all out. But it's good you're getting out there. 
I got to do more of that. As far as the Jets go, yeah, there there is probably a sweet spot. I don't think we're going to really have to worry about it, though. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't really a scenario where they don't win a game. Um, I don't think there's a scenario where they win less than five or six. Uh, I, I think it's possible that they're not as good as people hype hype them up to be. It's also possible that they're way better than people are, are expecting. But um, I, I don't think there's going to be that point where we have to really worry where that line is. We can speculate for fun, but I don't think we're going to need to worry about it too much. Uh, the only thing we're going to need to be worried about is if Rodgers gets hurt, kind of looking at that timeline like, well, when is he coming back? <laughs> Hurry back, Rodgers. Don't punk out on us. Here's another question. Would the Jets be slower to bring him back considering the situation? In other words, if you're looking at it and you're like, let's say with Rodgers last year with his thumb, some question about whether or not he should have sat for a little bit of time or continued playing or whatever. Now, granted, the Jets are going to be in a similar frame of mind as the Packers were last year as far as, no, we need you every game because we need to win a Super Bowl. That's the whole point. But would there be a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe if things are going south, like, hey, why don't you uh, shut her down a little bit? See if we can rest you and then bring you back a little bit later. Make a little bit of a push. Probably not because text messages. I can't really think of that sweet spot scenario where they would do that, you know? Um, I mean, again, unless the, the season is bad, but then it's, you know, we're not going to... What do you want? We're not going to have you uh, rush back at all if... The season's basically done. We'll just shut you down. But there is still a question of the doctors, though. Would they be a little bit more on the, ooh, that looks pretty bad. You better not play side of things. Anyways, why don't we take a break? Uh, we'll come back. we got some Jersey Mike on the other side. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Ryan. It's Jersey Mike. Uh, this morning, listening to your podcast for, I think, from yesterday. Um, and by the time you get to this, this is, yesterday is going to be another day in the space-time continuum. Um, yeah. Anyway, but you were, you were saying about uh, how... You know, nobody thinks Aaron Jones is a top five running back, um, and only Packers fans do, and if that, only half. And you know what? <laughs> that ain't wrong. Um, I I was the biggest the biggest opponent of Aaron Jones, I think, for a long time there. Um, my, my friend who is a Steelers fan would tell me all the time, like, yo, you're an idiot, bro. Aaron Jones is, like, one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's even better than Dalvin Cook. Um, 
And I was like, yeah, no, no. Like, I, I, I don't like Dalvin Cook either. I was like, yeah, no, not definitely not. Like, I was all about Kamara and yeah. uh, Christian McCaffrey and, and uh, what's this called, Josh Jacobs and uh, Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. And, you know, I'm just, I'm listing all these names, but then, you know, something happened within these last, two to three years. And it partially stems from my, my absolute seething hatred of Aaron Rodgers because I just I can't handle people that are like him being allowed to exist. Um but I I started looking at the rest of the team really hard and, and I, I looked at Aaron Jones and I said, This is a guy who is all about the grind. Um his most important thing in his life is family. Uh and, and the people around him and, you know, the, the fact that Jamal Williams went to Detroit to stay close to Aaron, even though he had, you know, other offers. Like, the kinds of people that gravitate around Aaron Jones. And then I'm thinking about, you know, just how much he puts out on the field. I mean, you you, you, can, you see him take a 70 yards off a of nothing play, and you're like, oh, my God. How many times have we honestly got that as Green Bay Packers fans um, from our running back? So I've I've been a little ungrateful for Aaron Jones, and I I just I've messaged him on Twitter. I've apologized and been like, "Yo, my bad. I thought Rodgers was the reason that this team was so good." And lo and behold, it was Aaron Jones. Um, but yeah, man, I I I just had to just had to come on here and and acknowledge that I had to correct myself on an obvious wrong. But yeah, I'd say Aaron Jones is top five. I don't know exactly where I place him. Definitely above Barkley. Um, and definitely above Josh Jacobs. I just, I don't know where the Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, and McCaffrey, I, I don't know where amongst them he fits in. Um, he could be two in some books, he could be four in others. Uh, but anyway, yeah, just, just go pack them. Yeah, and I think a big part of it is just usage, you know? I mean, again, he doesn't have those raw stats. He isn't like Dalvin Cook used 35 times a game. You know, he's, he's getting 12, 13, 14 carries in a game. So that hurts people's perception. And I understand from a basic standpoint just not having him on your radar as a result of that because, you know, if you're not a Packer fan and you just don't see his name pop up, you don't see him at the top of the charts as far as yardage or whatever, you don't have a PFF subscription, so what else do you have to go off of? You got generic statistics that show yards, yards per attempt, touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. Yards per attempt is good, but even that, I mean, Aaron Jones dominates with that, but even that isn't necessarily a tell-all, because obviously the offensive line plays a big part in yards per attempt. I mean, even, yeah, I don't know, there's a billion variables. But you just, you wouldn't really think of it. What I don't like is when people really dig their heels in with that lack of information. Like, are you serious, bro? He hasn't even cracked a thousand yards. Like, you you don't even realize how dumb it is that you don't know. Like, it's one thing to be like, I don't know, dude. I haven't, I haven't heard his name. But that's the other thing. Like, it's it's who gets talked about on the, on the TV shows and the YouTube stuff that people watch and everything else, or the podcasts, or, you know, that's what we base everything on. It's not based... And that's, that's the problem. We all... It's all this big, giant appeal to authority thing. If he was so good, I would have heard about it. Somebody else other than you would have said something about it. And so then I pretend that I know stuff, and then I obviously get angry when people argue with me, because if I don't know, then I guess then I don't know, and that would mean I'm not the smartest person in the universe, and that would be frustrating. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't take very long watching the guy to realize that he's a special running back, and there, there are not many guys like him. Um, as somebody who doesn't really remember some of the, uh, the, the I, I shouldn't say I don't remember the running backs, but I don't remember the running styles of like Dorsey Levens or whatever, like exactly what he reminded me of or whatever. Um, but I, I, I will say I haven't really seen anybody run like Aaron Jones. Even when I watch guys in college or whatever, occasionally you get a little bit of an Aaron Jonesy vibe, but um, I've never really seen anyone that is just exactly like him. He's such a unique and impressive running back. Hey Ryan, it's Jersey Mike again. Um, now, now I'm listening to the part where you're talking about Justin Fields versus Jalen Hurts, and I just wanted to weigh in a little bit on this. So, when I saw the Eagles take Jalen Hurts in the draft, I immediately was super high on the pick. All right, um, I had known Jalen Hurts from before that because I was watching QB film. Um, I forget exactly for what reason. Um, I think maybe it was because I wanted to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. And I was looking at QBs who weren't expected to go in the, you know, the, the top group. 
and I, I think wasn't wasn't Hurts part of the love draft? I, I yeah. feel like it was. Um, anyway, so when I watched Jalen Hurts, my immediate thought with Hurts every single time I watched any kind of tape of him was that his arm was so special. He had just the ability. Um, like, like, honestly, it kind of reminded me of Russell Wilson to some extent to just drop the ball damn near anywhere on the field right in his receiver's hands. I mean, how many times do you not remember Russell Wilson just heaving the ball up for Doug Baldwin and out of nowhere, it just pops out of the sky and it's like he placed it right in Doug Baldwin's hand, Baldwin's hands. And, and that's, that's what I saw from Jalen Hurts so much. And then I watched a little bit more, and I saw he had the ability to run. And my, my biggest thought was he just needs to go to the right team with a good offensive line and the, a good scheme. They need to play some option with him. And what's going to happen is teams are going to cue into his running because his running is just as electric as Lamar. But what's different between him and Lamar is Jalen Hurts can throw a freaking football. And the ability with his legs – that he has opens up the field a little bit more, so he doesn't necessarily have to read defenses the same way. And that's that's the benefit of a Jalen Hurts. So because of his legs, he's dictating that, so that means that he can make easier reads and easier throws, and it, it's wide open. That's why we saw what we saw from the Eagles last season. That's why that offense is wide open. They've got the receiving threats who can get open, and the fact that you have to worry about Jalen Hurts running means the cornerbacks are, are like damned if they do, damned if they don't. Anyway, Justin Fields does not have that arm talent. He, he, he's not that good. He can run the football. He is a running back, but I've not seen him throw some really amazingly accurate passes. Um, he gets lucky every so often, but unless he, unless he imagines, imagines or becomes this crazily fantastic passer of the football with like elite accuracy, Justin, Justin Fields is no, and maybe the third best quarterback in the division. Anyway, go back, go. Yeah, and that's that's where I come back to the consistency thing. I mean, can you make an incredible throw? Well, go ask a Bears fan. They'll they'll pull up the clips. They've been posting those highlights of him constantly. But why where's the disconnect? Right? How how is it that Bears fans can post minutes and minutes of uh passes from Justin Fields that are just absolute dimes? yet he's not a good passer. How does that even make sense? Because what's being omitted? The bad passes. The difference between how uh, being able to do it and how often you can do it is massive. It's what matters. We, we have to assume that everybody has the ability to do some stuff some of the time. But if you, you, know, you break it down into elite play, you know, like falling away, on a dime, you know, those things we've seen Rodgers do several times. You know, you got the elite plays, the good plays, the bad plays, and the horrific plays. Okay, you've got some elite plays, and you've got some good plays. What's the distribution? Is it like 20, 40, 30, 10? I think that's right. Or is it like 2%, 10%, 70%? You know, I mean, it's not whether you can do it. I know you can do it. Everybody can do it. Can you do it consistently? And that's the issue with Fields. That was the issue with Trubisky. As far as I'm concerned, that's the the issue with Jordan Love right now. I know he can do it. I need to see he can do it consistently. And I haven't really seen that. The Eagles game was a small sample size, and then most of those preseason games, for a lot of it, it's like, good, good. And, and, and you know, it's never going to be 100%. Everybody has bad throws, too. So it's not like, well, 20 great throws completed in a row. Oh, there's a bad pal. I guess there goes the consistency. But it is that distribution that's going to make all the difference. Everybody is in those categories of throws. It's, it's what the, the, the weighted distribution in each of those that makes the difference between whether you're an elite quarterback, a good quarterback, a subpar quarterback, a terrible quarterback. That's what matters. Hey, Ryan. Dan from Indy. Hey. Uh, just listening to your uh, stick on, well, Devontae Adams' situation and everything like that where – he doesn't get any respect because he's playing alongside Rodgers, and Rodgers gets all the credit. So, I mean, like, 
What about like Greg Jennings? Je- Greg Jennings was legitimately one of the few guys who came out and was outspoken about everything that was kind of like going on. Where he's like, I we, us receivers just deserve more credit. It's not all just Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that. Like now that Rodgers is starting to get a little bit more shade thrown at him, especially from Wisconsin and Green Bay fans, like you were just peeling back the layers of all this stuff. I would, I think it would be hilarious if, again, if, sorry for big cursing, but I think it would be hilarious if Devontae Adams demands a trade to go back to the Packers. And then he is outspoken saying, honestly, yeah, me and Rodgers didn't have that good of a relationship. It, he actually caused more problems than, than, than good. And, uh, yeah, I think that would be freaking great. Devontae coming back home, and then he's tearing it up with love. And not to mention our wide wide receiver core. But, I know, young core and everything. But if we get a veteran, who better than Devontae Adams? But, all right, back. Yeah, I certainly don't expect that to happen. I think Devontae's kind of made his position on Aaron Rodgers pretty clear um, that he gets along with him. To what degree, I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess it. I don't think it matters because I don't think he's going to to do that, and, and you know, unless he writes some kind of a tell-all book or something. But I don't see him doing that. And also, I, I I haven't really addressed it, but I have seen little flurries of it popping up in terms of you know, would Devonte come back? I I just can't imagine that he would. I mean, first of all, there was the the thing that came out about one of the big reasons is he wanted a contract the year prior. The Packers did not give it to him the year, or they they offered him something low. But essentially, the Packers are taking the the stance of we're going to wait until after this year. Devontae found that to be offensive and was like, you know, you, you, you if you wanted me here, you should have paid me last year. I'm, I just I'm I'm not doing this. So I don't think he wants to come back. Even though I'm not sure he massively loves being a Raider anymore, I don't know that the Packers would be at the top of his list anymore. Just because, if nothing else, I mean, the Packers are just kind of another team. You know, he does have history here, but. He doesn't have the the same core of guys, and but all that aside, I, I I also don't have any idea where the money would come from, really. Hey Ryan, this is Andy, still stuck in Kansas. Hey, so let me get this straight. Uh, Van Ness was not a good pick in some people's eyes because he didn't start at Iowa, but JSN, who barely played last year at all, is somehow the superior pick. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, if anybody complains that Luke Musgrave had a large uh, number of, or had a, a, a long-term injury last season, is also ignoring the fact that JSN was injured the whole season. So it doesn't make any sense about people's complaints in that way. Uh, secondly, as far as uh, Jordan Love becoming a Packers starter, it's going to be interesting to find out how much of his, let's just say, uh, generation. Um, influence, you know, we'll see in that. What I mean by this is, uh, you know, Farber's born in the late 60s, so Generation Xer. Um, Rogers, born in the early 80s, also, you know, lived, grew up during a time where you're kind of independent as a kid, played a lot outside. Um, you know, things were much more, I would say, cut and dry, right? You do this, you don't do this, you call, you know, Adult, Mr. or Mrs., and so on. But Jordan Love is, you know, from a generation who there's a lot more collaboration, at least that sort of concept. Think of the number of, of group projects your kids do at school, um, or kids today do at school. I know you guys homeschool. Yes. Um, versus when we did group projects in school. Like, we almost never did group projects. Why would we do group projects? Yeah. My name's on the paper. I'm getting the grade on the report card. I do the work. Right, group projects are just a way for other kids to make wait around for me to do the work because I knew what I was doing, and they, they all. Get- I was the other kid. I was the one that made you do the work. Well, not made you, but I just I, it was a game of chicken. I knew you were going to do it because you cared. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm just going to drag my feet, and uh, if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. And then somebody in the group, you know, Andy, um, would eventually panic and freak out because they wanted a really good grade and wanted to get started and would just do most of the work and would usually like assign me some kind of a task and I would do that task um and that would be about it so yeah I was the other guy but yeah group projects are stupid for sure I, I even even I, I didn't even like it even though somebody else was doing it because I didn't like 
not getting it done, but it's like, I'm not going to freak out and do it two months or I'm doing it the night before. And if that's not cool with you, then I guess I'm not doing it. But yeah, group projects are stupid. Who cares about the stupid? I don't know. It is. Um, but there's much more collaboration in, in, you know, the 20 year olds of today, they think much more in terms of, uh, community and things like that. So division to see if a scheme, you know, much more schemed fit is to Jordan Love's, uh, uh likings versus, you know, Rogers, chip on my shoulder. I'm going to show everybody, uh, Mike McCarthy's offense. Everybody beat the man across from them and we'll score lots of touchdowns, which we did. I just think that there's some kind of a generational clash, you know, that, that goes on. Uh, this is not true for everybody, obviously. You can't paint it with, with two out of a brush stroke, but uh, I think that has a lot more to do or could have a lot more to do with the way that the offense looks. Um, much more figuring out how to scheme a guy open by everybody kind of doing, you know, whatever they need to do to help out the guy we're trying to hit. So, all right, well, all righty, Dwighty. See you later. Bye. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I haven't, I didn't really, I don't know too much about what's going on with the newer generations and whatnot. Um, I didn't really know about the whole collaboration thing, but it's, uh, it's good to know that nothing will get done in the future. Just a bunch of people waiting around for the group to get something done <laughs> rather than somebody grabbing the freaking bull by the horns and doing it. Just do it. We need to do something. This is we. We we what? Who are you? I also have to assume they're going to get disillusioned real fast. That's why communes always fail, and communism for that matter. It doesn't work. You want something? Go get something. Trying to get everybody on board to follow the same rules and goals, and it's not going to work, dude. Everybody's different. They got different goals, they got different dreams, and all their goals and dreams revolve around them and not you. And certainly not some community. So uh, uh, outside of what the community does for me. And that leaves out the whole part about how people suck. Yeah, lazy people like me that just don't want to participate, don't feel like doing it. People that do a bad job. What do you do with the guy that does a bad job who does his job? But he's just bad at it, but he tries hard. Just picture these people gathering around like, okay, everybody, we need to do this now. <laughs> Young lady, I uh, want to as kindly as I possibly can tell you to get out of my face. <laughs> <sighs> you ever been to those... Um, parties, whether they be birthday parties or whatever, or whatever else that are like overly planned out. I'm not going to name names, but I maybe have met some people that every single step of this event is planned. Like, how about you do this thing where we just get people together and they do whatever they want? You know, we got food here. We got TV there. You got the outside out there. You got the inside in here. You got the downstairs down there and uh, people can do whatever they want. Okay, everybody, we're going to do a game now. Why are you doing that? I don't want to play a game. Nobody wants to play a game. Why are we playing a game? What game? What are we? What, what are you doing? What are we talking about here? Dumb. Hey, Ryan. This hey. is Trucker Bob. Trucker Bob. Sitting in my truck here in the middle of Iowa. We're heading for Reno, Nevada. Dang. I you get there fast, in time. Man. Get to stay overnight at a casino before our next run. Looking forward to it. And uh, having some good food and a little rest and relaxation. i like to talk to you about uh, Jordan Love. Um, I posted this earlier, but it never got played. I guess it got thrown out with the others. But how good is Jordan Love? He actually has given us a picture of who he is and what direction he is heading. We'll look at an area that gives us a good idea what his early career might look like. We're only going to look at quarters where he played the full quarter. We take out the preseason and spot duty, and maybe we can get a clear picture or a sample. Jordan's career has him played seven full quarters, four against Kansas City, two against the Lions, and one against the Eagles. In those quarters, his first three quarters against Kansas City, it was kind of rough. But after that, starting with the fourth quarter, we have four quarters in a row in which Love has played. Game one against Kansas City, his first game. He, in the fourth quarter, he had a TD and an interception. In the fourth quarter, his stats were 10 for 18 for 81 yards, a TD and an interception, and seven total points. Game two, he played the game half against the Detroit Lions, last game of the season. He had the backups, but the Lions played the starters. They wanted to win the game. The Lions fought the win, and Green Bay rested many of its starters. He went 10 for 17 with a TD, 134 yards, Two interceptions late in the game, throwing riskier passes needed to win the game. However, the total points he put on the board that fourth quarter were 17. 
Game three against Philadelphia, he played the fourth quarter. He was six for nine, 113 yards, 10 points, and no interceptions. He ran out of time to tie the ball game. So if we look at the stats of Jordan Love's last four quarters in the NFL, which would be a full game, it would look like this. 26 for 44 for 328 yards, three TDs, three interceptions, for a total of 34 points and 12.6 yards per catch. Conclusion, yes, he's good enough, showing his skills against some of the better NFL teams. Looks more like a far stat line than a Rogers stat line. Yes, Love is good enough to be a starting quarterback and lead Green Bay to a winning season. How good, though? I guess we'll find out. I'm also applied everything by 17, and I get this for season totals. 442 for 748, 51 interceptions, 51 TDs, 548 points over 17 games. I'm sure that's not going to be what it's in. He got cut off and did call back, but basically just said, you know, he repeated everything he said because he wasn't sure what got cut off. But we, we got it. So, yeah, I mean, it, we, we can we can certainly do that. We can look at all those stats and kind of multiply them out. Um, there, there are obviously still some variables here. Um, you know, the, the number one being that it, it's not... We're, we're, first of all, running an Aaron Rodgers-style offense. Number two, he's coming in relatively cold in most of these situations. He was not the, the quarterback in practice in the preseason, the, pre, the week before... The game plan for this game was not based around Jordan Love, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on and on and on. Also, a large portion of those stats, especially the negative stats, were in 2021 as opposed to 2022. In 2022, um, 14 of 21, which is a 66.6 completion percentage for 195 yards and one touchdown, no interceptions. He had a passer rating of 112.2. Again, is he up against the starters, the backups, who's in for the Packers? whole lot of variable. And, and again, even the other thing that we keep forgetting is it's like, well, look at how bad he was in, in 2021 against the Chiefs. Well, okay, again, all those variables, right? I mean, I, it, was, it was a relatively last-minute thing. He got thrust into it. He had not been the start of the entire season, all, all that stuff, right? But then we should acknowledge that 2022 was different, and he grew. And then I think the thing that we are forgetting again is that this is now 2023. This is not 2022. So the potential for him to grow again is still there. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, there's there's kind of picking and piecing together what he's done so far over the course of two years to put together, like, you know, a game worth <laughs> and then trying to project that out over 17. But I, I, I just think there's, and you probably know this too, but I think there's too many wild um, variables in there, mostly negative. In other words, negatively affecting Jordan Love. Maybe some positive, like going up against a backup or something. I know in a lot of situations that didn't happen, but in some they probably did, coming in at the end of a, of a game of a blowout or whatever. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. We'll go catch a little bit of sunlight, come back and record tomorrow's podcast. But you guys have a good night, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.